DJ Tens of thousands on my right, thousands by my side War between good and evil, watching our fists collide Battle for our freedom now, to the streets we ride Flags waving all around, pages full of pride This is where we make a stand, no more give or take They want to use violence on Americans We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace We want freedom We want peace Enough with tyranny We come to take our country back For all citizens White, red, brown, or black Return it to a form of glory Fix the bloody crack On the crown Fetch it down It's going down She warned me that this day would come I'm like my father, go to combat with the blazing guns I survived that, then I came back, took the place I'm from To face off all these haters and the battle in the place I love You can't break me down, I'm indivisible You still see my raps if I was invisible That pepper spray tastes like chicken Hello fam, I am your infamous host, Joseph Thomas, also known as Pi and On. Welcome to episode 22 of Freedom Unchained, where we are about to break the chains off of freedom and be a thorn in the side of those that want to destroy our nation. Today's episode, we reached out to a couple guys inside of the DC Gulag to get a, an update on their conditions and uh, just kind of reach out and, and show some love and support and hear from them directly. They've been in jail for over two years with no trial, or one of which just went through his trial and was completely railroaded, and we talked to him about that as well. And also we reach out to uh, a gentleman that compiled the letters from prison, and it is an absolute work of art. I don't want to spoil it, but I'm telling you now, everybody should have a hold of this because it is a piece of history and just truly beautiful and it has a great cause. I thank you all for listening. Please share and, uh, you know, spread out this podcast. Our main goal here is to get the information, the truth out about what actually happened on January 6th and the effect that it is having on Americans, destroying their lives, the lack of due process a biased judiciary, you name it. All of this is stuff you're not going to hear on the mainstream, lamestream. And it's great Americans like yourselves that want to know the truth, that can help keep a leg in this fight, because truth is the first casualty of war, and this is a war for the hearts, minds, and ideology of this nation. You always hear the Brandon administration says they are trying to get the soul of America. He's not getting my soul, I can tell you that for sure. So, strap in, buckle up, and enjoy the ride. We have several interviews coming your way with a little bit of flair in the process. All right, we're going to start off today's interviews with 
John Mellis, an inmate inside the DC CTF, or the Gulag as we call it. He has been there for two years with no trial, hasn't even had a bond hearing. You've spoken with him before, you guys know him well, so enjoy the update. I got John Mellis here. Uh, John, give a, a message to America and kind of give us an update of how things have been inside the DC Gulag. Well, thank you, Joe. It's really, uh, really great to be back on your uh, your show and uh, being able to talk to the American people. Um, uh, and uh, yeah, I, I could give you an update. Um, well, we've uh, we've had a, a few things happen. One of the one of the big things was we had the congressional visit, and then uh, another thing is that we've had we had about six guys move out and about nine or ten guys move in uh, to the to the jail. So we we're, we've got a fresh. A batch now. I mean, it really is an invigorated uh, group of men. Um, it, it's 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 crazy because uh, the guys that moved out had been here forever, and uh, I, I don't want to say that being around the same guys. We were down to about 20 guys. Being around the same guys for two years, you know, the mood gets you know somewhat stale, <laughs> or whatever you want to call it. But you know, these you know about six guys moved out and um and then 10 move in and i'm telling you we we had such a difficult time in the beginning we had over a year of solitary confinement we dealt with two years with no visitation the guards were abusive and would uh you know regularly uh, assault us and all sorts of crazy things uh uh were happening over the last two years things have gotten better uh i was in court the other day in a holding cell with a guy uh, from the regular part of the jail, and he was thanking me for everything that we've done to uh, make this jail uh, start changing some things. So that's that's something we can be proud of that we've, we've helped because these, these problems weren't just for us, J6ers. This has been happening at the D.C. jail for decades, uh, and these guys really appreciate it. The, the inmates really appreciate uh, what we've been able to accomplish in two years. But So we've got these new guys moving. They come in here... We're not on solitary confinement anymore. We have visitation every week. We just got those in January. Uh, so it's a, it's a different environment that they're coming into. And there's this amazing vigil outside with Mama Mickey and her crowd. I'm telling you, they broadcast around the world. It's a really beautiful thing. And uh, if anybody watching wants to check that out, I mean, we, at wearegoodmen.com, there is a vigil link that will uh, – that will uh, uh, give you an option of several live streamers that live stream outside every single night. And um, it's just a really beautiful thing. So these guys are coming into this environment with, you know, Mama Mickey, you know, who's, who is, for anyone who doesn't know, and you, you should know who this is, but it's uh, Ashley Babbitt's mother. Uh, and she's been running this nightly vigil for eight months straight. She's been out in the cold with a crowd of people and a handful of live streamers, a loudspeaker and a microphone. And uh, it's a really beautiful thing what they've been doing, waving American flags and just the patriotism and the love. Um, a true mama bear. Um, so you mentioned getting so visitation. Um, we we had the uh, honor of, of interviewing Miss Kelly Wild, and that was right before she was going to come visit you for the first time. Do you want to give us some insight of how that was to be able to finally see her again? Yeah, it was it – was, uh, it was, you know, I, I, it was one of the best days of my life being able to hug her again. And um, one of the best feelings in this world, uh, if not the best feeling in this world, is, is holding her in my arms. 
And um, I just uh, I miss her so much. I think about her every single day, all the time. And um, you know, she's she's so good to me. She's way better to me than uh, than I deserve. You know, I, I I think you know, but she she is just such a such an amazing woman. And uh, she's been loyal and faithful, and 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 she's just a, a woman of virtue and honor. And I'm just the luckiest man in the world that I have her attention. And I'm the luckiest man in the world that she would fly from from Nashville to visit me. And um, it's uh it's uh it, it was really just a, an amazing day. Uh, and the fierce smile. You know, I've been talking to her for two years. You know, she'd become a voice on a, on the phone, but um now she's you know. It was uh, it was really amazing. Um, so that was what that was like, um, and uh, um, I can't wait to get out and, and be able to, you know, move on from this and and and, and uh, really uh, start our new life uh, together. Well, I'm um, sure it was but, definitely um, a blessing. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, um, uh, you know, and 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 back to the the guys that came in. You know, a lot of them have been floating around the country, and now they're now they're here. And uh, they've been in pods full of other inmates where they're the only J6er or they're the, there's a, one other J6er with them or whatever. And uh, now they're in a place where the entire pod, we are only J6ers in this pod. So, uh, and then we have this vigil outside that we can call to and speak to Mama Mickey on the phone, uh, to the crowd, to the audience, and to, uh, you know, to the people on, uh, you know, watching online and stuff. And... Um, sing the national anthem with them every night. I mean, to, to call in, hold the phone up, and sing the national anthem, and knowing that they're singing with us. It really is like a honeymoon period these guys experience when they, when they uh, come into this pod. And, um, you know, it's, it's something beautiful. And then for them to know that there's great advocates and activists out there, a network of, of loyal supporters that are really, really fighting for us, like Mel Hawley or you, Joe Thomas, with uh, Sing for Freedom. You know, uh, you know the, the, the things that you guys... Uh, you know, you know, do it, it really, uh, you, you are my hero, you know, uh, because, you know, I, I have no choice but to sit here in this dusty, dingy, nasty jail. Uh, you all, uh, it's your choice. And a lot of it, a lot of times you're doing it pretty much most of mostly you're doing it. It's volunteer. You're not, you're not making any money. You're actually losing money when you're doing it. And that is something that really, uh, is inspiring for me. Uh, to keep, uh, you know, uh, fighting when, when I get out in uh, whatever capacity I can with maybe whatever activism or, or initiatives I can push forward, uh, whether it's, uh, you know, advocating for the guys that are still locked up behind me or, um, or pushing for prison reform or, or whatever it may be. Um, you guys are just amazing, and, and you've, you've inspired me. And I know you've inspired well, the rest of them, too. We're always going to be fighting for you. You know, my mom told me I could be anything I wanted to be when I grew up, so I decided to be a stubborn asshole. And I love America, so I use that that gift for uh, for her benefit and to to help seek true justice for you guys. And you know, you're going through some shit, and I'm out here facing Uncle Sam head on. I'll be uh, I'll be in the fire soon enough. But um, you know, you guys inspire us, and I'm glad to hear that that we can inspire you. But um, you know. You, you know that you're not alone and isolated. I mean, you're isolated, but you're not alone and forgotten. Um, I'm glad that's changed. I'm glad the environment has changed for the better. Glad to hear things are getting yeah. a little bit better for you all in there because, uh, I mean, we're just going to keep doing what we can to to make it all right, you know. And um, yeah, that goes without saying. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, it's, it's really a tragedy with everything that's happening. I mean, the fact that we're still locked up 
at all. Any of us is is beyond me. I don't I don't understand. I I know these guys. <clears throat> I know the Oath Keepers. Uh, they were in here. Uh, I know Proud Boys. Uh, I know Dominic Pizzola. They're they're in here. Uh, I know 100% fact. They did not try to take over the country. That's like full stop. 100%. They did not try to take over democracy. I know that. I know nobody in this nobody in this pod, nobody in this jail, no J6er that I have never met was so naive as to think that they could take over the government or anything close to that. Nobody even imagined that that was the case. It is really, truly amazing that that narrative still exists on CNN uh, when it's so stupid. It really is so stupid to think that just because you get into some secret chamber it's like an elaborate game of capture the flag, like the Buffalo guy is now our president. Like, come on. Like, that's it's ridiculous, stupid. It's, it's, it's two-dimensional thinking. It's retarded. It's, 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 I, can't, I can't stand it even. It's really irritating. You've got to play some serious mental gymnastics to believe anything like that, it, especially for the fact that there's no reason for us to overthrow the government because Trump is still the one in power, you know? There's that just that simple uh, piece of logic alone throws it out the window. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. It's it's crazy. It's it's so crazy. There there was literally no support for anything like that anywhere in America. Like I don't understand. But just because a group of people go into a building now, all of a sudden the government is taken. I don't get that narrative. I don't understand what the insurrection narrative. It really just blows my mind. Um, I, I am so I'm just so tired of being lied about, smeared, and uh, I know what happened that day in my particular situation. Uh, I at about 3:30 I helped protect Officer Fanone, and you can see that footage on WeAreGoodMen.com. You can also see it on Twitter at WeAreGoodMenJ6. We dropped that footage. I took that video. And I was right there with a bunch of guys, and we were all trying to protect and make sure Officer Fanon was protected. Nobody was trying to hurt police. Not in my orbit. And uh, then about an hour later, Roseanne Boylan was being killed right in front of me. My involvement lasted 10 seconds over Roseanne's dead body. And people were screaming for help. I, I am now been sitting in jail for 26 months. If someone would have shoved Derek Chauvin off of George Floyd's neck, I doubt they would still be sitting in jail 26 months later. But if you would have even... You have one minute remaining. They smeared her memory, said she died of a drug overdose. She was completely stone cold sober and had been for almost a decade. She is living a good life, an upstanding woman. And they smeared her memory, but if you even mention the fentanyl and the meth that was in George Floyd's system... They will burn your city down, and they will ruin America. So, you know, I, I, I just, you know, the dichotomy of how they're treating both situations is completely uh, disgusting. I, 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 I hope that people come to their senses. And it's a clown world, sir, but we're out here yelling and screaming for you and praying for you, and it isn't going to stop. I mean, even if they bury under the prison, my voice will echo through the halls along with you all. Yes, sir. Thank you for everything you do, Joe. God bless you, man. Thank you. God bless you. I want to encourage everybody to sing the anthem. 
We do the Sing for Freedom campaign and have been pushing it for two years. Hashtag Sing the number four freedom. It helps revitalize patriotism. It shows the families and the inmates and defendants of January 6th that you stand in solidarity with them, that you don't agree with the injustices that are being pushed upon them by the federal government, like periodic beatings, macings, destruction of their lives, the taking of their homes, simply for being peaceful. It also brings awareness to the suffering that they go through, to get more eyes, hearts, minds, and voices involved. And for those that don't know, you might ask, well, what what is Sing for Freedom? The inmates inside the jail sing the national anthem every night at 9 p.m. Eastern from their cells, behind steel doors. And when we heard that, we pushed it out into the public and said, get involved, let's stand and sing with them. So we do, every single night. Thousands of patriots across the country stand in solidarity with American citizens that have not been to trial, have not been convicted of any crime, even though they sit in prison for two years in the most abhorrent conditions. And this isn't just for those that are locked up. This is also for the inmates that have been sentenced who lost their due process rights. This is also for the defendants that are sitting at home on electronic confinement. This is for any of those that are persecuted, prosecuted, and discriminated against because they dared to speak up and say, we love this nation. I also want you to visit the website. Sing the number four freedom.us. Singforfreedom.us is a central hub where you can find everything and anything you need to get involved and help out. If you want to donate to their Give Send Goes to help their families and their fundraisers, it's there and it goes directly to them. No middleman. Nobody's here to get a profit. But it goes help them save their homes, help them get lawyers, help them get what they need to stand up against this tyranny. And you can also find groups that get involved and do tons and tons of things for the January 6th defendants, inmates, and their families. Things that many people might not think of, like getting them phone cards so that they can speak to their families and loved ones. Getting them commissary on their books because they don't get enough food. Legal defense. Research funds. People out here, boots on the ground, getting involved. So check them out. Get involved and speak up. You can also send a voice message for this podcast and we'll broadcast you live so that everybody can hear and the families can share in your love of nation as well. Coming at you next is Shane Jenkins. He uh, just went through trial and so we're going to get an update from him. Shane, we certainly have been keeping track of your your case and following uh, what you've been going through, and you just went through your uh, your trial. Can you um, kind of elaborate on on how that worked out for you? Yeah, so um, I had about a five day trial or like three day trial. Let me see, it was yeah, one day jury selection, three day trial, two days of deliberations. Um, and I was found guilty on a ten count um, federal indictment. And so, I mean, I'm looking at probably 10 to 15 years in prison. Um, you know, at the end of the day, like, I don't add up all the years together, but, like, 
My plea offer was eight to nine and a half years, and they're not going to give me that probably, so I figured it'll be a little bit more, but 10 to 15 years. Um, something I learned in trial was that the prosecution can lie in their opening and their closing statements. They don't have to base anything they say. Opening, so the first thing that the jury will hear can be all lies, and the last thing the jury will hear before they go deliver it can be all lies. The judge will tell them, ignore what they say in opening and closing. Just base your judgment on the evidence that's presented during the evidentiary portion of the hearing, which I think if the government being, you know, we were supposed to have an upright government, you would think that they should be able to just hold to the facts, right? But that's not the case. So they did find me guilty on all 10 counts. Um, that was not a pleasant experience. It wasn't bad, but it just... You know, it just seems like it's a mockery of the justice system, and I don't think that my judge is, is doing the right thing by denying me a change of venue and expecting me to get an impartial jury whenever the ideology um, of D.C. people is victimhood, and then they, you know, all of them feel like they were victims of January the 6th. And so uh, I guess I got what I <laughs> expected out of D.C. Yeah, was there any uh, key points during your trial that uh, really stuck out to you that you wanted America to know about? Um, yeah, you know, I was watching the video from the tunnel, um, and I was watching Victoria White get beaten by Captain Bagshaw, and like it just, I don't even know if the jury saw it, and we couldn't even really bring attention to it because it wasn't me, and she wasn't there to testify, but, like, it broke my heart. It, it brought me to tears just sitting there in court watching that, and they're, you know, they're ignoring that and focusing on me or whatever, but, you know, they, they, uh, they, they stretch the truth. The point's... <laughs> the, the point is they will take anything you say on social media and they'll use it against you, they said that uh, when I said it's time for men to stand in the gap in this country, um, too many people have bled and died on foreign battlefields to, to build this country um, for me to stand silently by while we're sold out to China. And the prosecutor said that when I said it's time for men to stand in the gap, she said that I meant to go to Washington, D.C. and commit violent acts. And I was just like, Standing in the gap is in the Bible. It's in like Ezekiel, I think chapter 22, 30. I came back and looked it up after trial, but um, I'm going to use that phrase. I can't tell you what for yet, but it's big, big news. But she tried to use it to destroy me, but God's going to use it for his plan. So, um, but yeah, I, I, and you going into trial as well, don't, you know, they're, they're going to say everything they can and they're going to do everything they can to think uh, so. An emotional response from the jury, and most likely these people will give it to them. So, oh, they're definitely going to use my social media against me. I've been loud and proud and screaming from the rooftops for the last two years um, about the injustices that they've been they've been thrown out. So, I am fully aware and uh, fully willing and able because I speak truth, and I've been preaching peace, love, and unity all the way. So, they're probably going to twist it, but. I mean, whatever. Like you said, God will work it out for His good, and that's that's what matters most. Um, you know, we're we're out here praying for you, and we support you know 
every American that stays willing to stand up for freedom and standing up for others. The tragedy that happened on that day is just uh, unreconcilable. But, you know, you're you're not alone. Yeah, no, I was going to say, they won't bring up the four people that died that were protesters that day. They want to continue to lie and and propagate a a lie that said that five police officers died that day. Um, You know, just the other day, the White House said that five cops died, you know, January 6th. And then the head of the DOJ, Merrick Garland, repeated the very same lie again. You know, and it's like, this is never, this is not going to work out for them, I don't think, in the end. So, um, yeah, they, they've been pushing that lie for a long time, and you know we try to combat that as much as we can. Kind of shift gears, uh, the real uh killer website. Sarah McAbee out here running that for you. Uh, we promote that for you as well, and try to you know push that out for folks so they can get some you know real truth and hardcore information. But uh, I noticed a, a new little character. Um, kind of looks like you if you were a skeleton. How, how did that come about? Oh, man. Uh, so, you know, Garrett um, Garrett had, Garrett Miller, he's one of our artists here, and he had, he was drawing on, we get, we were able to buy these Velcro grandpa tennis shoes, and he drew kind of a, a, a skeleton guy with red hair and a red beard like mine, and so I kind of expounded upon it and changed it up a little bit, and um, my whole hairstyle was a protest to us not us being denied uh, haircuts for over a year because we refused to get vaccinated. And so I started having this idea of like this, you know, this character who was a patriot and adopted like sort of the hairstyle, my hairstyle, but he also had the the orange uniform, and um, we kind of created a whole backstory for him. Um, I have I even have like a card. You have one minute remaining. That I want to do for him. So it, it's just something fun that I think we're going to turn into something pretty cool. But it's been, you know, it's been something for me to be able to express myself and, and get it out. So. Well, it, it's definitely awesome. I uh, saw it for the first time. We went to CPAC and I, I got to meet Sarah in person for the first time, which, uh, I heard that you got to to meet for for your first visitation out there as well too. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, no, it was, it was definitely awesome. Um, it's always good to you know see people in person for the first time when you talk to them on the phone regularly and stuff like that. So she's definitely a fighter, and I, I'm amazed by what her and Anna and Hunter are doing with the Real J Six. Um, I'm just humbled and in awe of their hard work. So. Yeah, it's pretty awful, man. Yeah, it's definitely great, man. And, you know, she's a spitfire. She's out here fighting for all of you guys and pushing the website and getting everything out there, and, and you guys are doing an amazing job. Thank you so. for using Global Telling. Innocent until proven guilty is dying in our nation. It is up to us, the people, to speak up, to stand up for their rights. And recently, because of the voice of Americans getting involved and speaking to Congress, we actually have had a small victory, which is huge to those that are incarcerated. Still much more needs to be done, but we do certainly appreciate Congressman Troy Nels taking the time to go visit them and urging the prisons to 
reinstate visitation. Many of these men and women that are locked up have not seen their loved ones in the two years that they've been there. They don't even allow video visitation. But January 13th, they were able to see their loved ones in the D.C. Gulag for the very first time. And it was a joyous moment full of tears and emotions and a great relief to them. I would like to announce that one of our affiliates, TheRealJ6.com, which is ran and created by the family of Shane Jenkins, who is suffering inside of the D.C. CTF. They have started what is going to be called Operation Love Wins. On January 9th in 2023, in-person visitation was finally granted for the January 6th detainees held inside of the D.C. Department of Corrections with the help of Representative Troy Nels and the general public. On February 2nd, 2023, the Real J6 launched Operation Love Wins. This is a campaign to raise funds and collect travel rewards to help these individuals see their loved ones at no cost to them. As of right now, in-person visitation is the only option as they are still waiting for the facility to establish video visits. They are holding video visits away from them because of COVID, or so they say. Their goal with Operation Love Wins is to get each detainee's loved ones there to see them in person at least one time. The founder of The Real J6, J Shane Jenkins' son, Tayton, said, It is hard to put into words the feeling that I have knowing that my siblings and I can finally see my dad in person again. To know that I will be able to give him a long overdue hug makes me emotional. I am so proud to call him my dad. You have done more for him than I could have ever imagined. In the middle of this nightmare, thank you for making this dream a reality. Thank you, everybody, in advance to helping these families be reunited. In the end, love will win. Go to the website, www.therealj6.com forward slash love wins for more info. And if you're interested in helping or any media personalities that want to cover this story, please reach out. We need to get this information out there to them and to the public and to make sure that these men and women will be able to be reunited with those that they love. There's no reason for them to not have visitation. There are approximately 25 individuals currently being housed at the D.C. Gulag. We estimate that it will cost roughly about $2,000 per family, give or take, just for one trip. A family of up to four will receive an economy round trip flights or other modes of transportation if requested, housing, food, and transportation to and from the airport and the facility. We appreciate you fighting for us, for calling and writing, for donating, and for making sure that in the end, love wins. That's a quote by Shane Jenkins. So think deep in your heart. And imagine what it would be like to not be able to see your family for two years while you are being falsely accused of a crime. Being punished without being convicted. There is a Give, Send, Go donation page. And any sort of travel rewards can also be emailed to info at therealj6.com. Shane Jenkins 
has been in the D.C. gulag for way too long, has not been to trial. But they have done everything that they possibly can to help other J6ers, as well as other people within that prison that are not related to J6. They have shown the epitome of American resolve and dedication to our American values. He's fighting for freedom, not only for himself, but for others. Can you fight for them? We hope so. Next up is David Dempsey, also inside of the D.C. Gulag, and his story is truly compelling. Hey, Dave. Hello, this is Joe, Joe Thomas. Yes, sir. The one and only. Um, it's an honor to, to speak with you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Th- thanks for having me on, on your, uh, your show, by the way. That's not a problem. Um, David, always honored to to speak with a fellow J6er. Um, you know, I'm I'm facing trial in May, so we'll see how that goes. But uh, right now, this is this is for you and a chance for you to share your voice and uh, share a message with America. Kind of give us an update of um, kind of of what you're going on with your case and uh, how January 6th played out for you, or whatever whatever it is that you want to share. All right. Update as to my situation. Uh, I haven't been uh, down for as long as uh, some of the Patriots have. I was arrested towards the end of uh, August of 21, but uh, as it stands right now, I I don't have a trial date set, although um, due to uh, a criminal past uh, that I have, um, the prosecution is looking to give me upwards of 20 years because I'm a Category 6, and uh, they want to apply a bunch of enhancements uh, to the charge that they you know, would like me to plead out to. I don't want to plead. I want to go to trial, uh, but it makes no sense for me to plead out to something that is the maximum exposure of time, regardless of whether you plead out or you lose a trial. I have, I have no faith that I'll win due to the, to the biased nature of the, of the jury pool out here in D.C., but uh, it's, you know, it's, it's unfortunate. Uh, my hope lies in the appellate courts that uh, I'll be able to get uh, some sort of a win from them uh, when they could, you know, we can go through everything and show exactly, uh, like I said, how unconstitutional and biased and uh, the the court is so um, I try not to let that get me down um, I try to take each day you know at you know one at a time and uh, I act as if I just got here and I'm getting ready to leave that's kind of how I keep my my sanity and my uh, my my peace of mind and you know I don't let the things get the better of me because this is it's psychological warfare that's what they do to people in these situations, and they they throw everything at you, uh, so you can become dismayed and you can go through hell, so they can wring a, a plea out of you, so you don't fight it. They don't want a lot of things that uh, that happened that day to come to light, so that's why they want a lot of people to just plead out and you know push them through the system, as they say. And uh, I'm not willing to do it. Uh, Someone who's been through this 
before, not to this extent, not anything remotely related to what I'm being, you know, falsely charged with. But uh, as somebody who's been through the, the system, I can assure you that uh, it just seems to get worse and worse the higher up you go, from county to state up to federal. It's just worse and worse. And uh, they, they have this in mind for anybody who has a dissenting opinion of the, the deep state and the, and the people who stole control from the hands uh, of Americans. And uh, I, along with others, unfortunately, uh, and yourself, as, as you said, included, uh, are going to have to be the ones that, you know, are on the front lines of this in order to get the exposure necessary to show the world that they were lied to about the events that happened on January 6th. Uh, in, in layman's terms, in a short, very short version, January 6th was people showing up to show support for Donald Trump and to protest the results of a stolen election. In the process of people, uh, you know, uh, exerting their First Amendment rights, uh, the Metropolitan Police Department and the uh, Capitol Police engaged in abhorrent behavior towards peaceful protesters, and they fired upon people with rubber bullets, munitions, uh, pepper spray, pepper balls, pepper bombs, and they incited the crowd uh, by attacking them and hurting them, and uh, then people reacted to it, and you had instigators in the crowd as well. Uh, there was undercover informants, uh, FBI assets and things of that nature, and they <clears throat> ultimately, you know, uh, caused the day to be what it was, and that was, you know, the, gave the media its chance to try and, you know, cherry pick certain things to try and, you know, paint an agenda, you know, and a, a picture for, for the masses, and that's why people kind of fell into that trap, but there's a lot of, you know, uh, headway being made. To, to expose a lot of this stuff as, you know, the, the fraudulent story that it is. And it's just my wish that Americans could see that there was patriots there that day. And there was no there was no attempted overthrow of the government. I mean, for Christ's sake, Donald Trump was going to be in power on January 7th. How could we attempt to, you know, how could we the people attempt to overthrow something that, you know, it, it's gonna, it's still gonna be in his power, regardless. You know, so you can't. They say they wanted to overthrow the government, but the government was still in his hands, and it would have still been in his hands. You know, after you know, preceding, you know, January 6th. So it doesn't make sense. There was no insurrection. There was no violent attempted coup. It was none of that. It was the police firing on people, attempting to uh, engage, like I said, in important behavior. And they got away with it, and they killed four people that day. And the media keeps it quiet. They don't talk about it at all. And they the first time you've ever heard the media talk positively about, you know, the police. And uh, it's just ironic uh, that they would support people who it's widely known, uh, you know, through video footage and stuff of January 6th, that they initiated this whole thing. So uh, it's just a messed up scenario all the way around but um you know i'm i'm a very small uh picture in, in the maga movement along with 
a lot of the Patriots, but it's all of us together is what makes the grand picture. And, uh, you know, we, we throw our support behind Donald Trump, and you could look at what's happening with him uh, as the current day. Uh, like I was, I told somebody yesterday, uh, it was one of the most disheartening things I've ever seen in my life is watching them uh, indict Donald Trump on fraudulent charges uh, just, just because they're scared of him and they, they know that he's going to uproot their power uh, should he, you know, get back to where he should have never left in the first place. Um, but it's just, uh, it's disgusting, the state of our country, from this weird, you know, grooming of the kids that they do to the, to the Marxist brainwashing that they impose on kids in school to uh, forced medicine that has been shown to have no medical benefit whatsoever. I'm speaking in reference to the, you know, the COVID-19 vaccines and stuff. And uh, it's just, uh, I don't know how much worse it can get, but it's not going to get any better before we get all the people that don't need to be in the government out. And, um, you know, it's up to us as a whole, everybody. There's more than 75 million of us. I know Trump says 75 million, but there's a whole lot more of us than that. And we need to, you know, we need to get off our asses, and we need to be able to go out there. And we need to be able to beat them at their own game, and we need to put Donald Trump back in power so we can get the results that we want for America, and we can get a sense of normalcy back in this country. Yeah, I've said for a long time that uh, we need to utilize the constitutional process to restore America back to her original glory, and I think you definitely hit it on the nose there. Uh, you had mentioned some uh the J6 footage, I mean, there's tons of it out there floating around. If anybody wants to know the truth, you can find it for yourself. You know, they gave video footage to Tucker, but my personal opinion is if it's good enough for Tucker, it's good enough for everybody. So McCarthy needs to get off of his keister and uh, put it out there for everybody. But I saw a video, uh, Mr. Dempsey, of you standing in front of the uh, ever-so-infamous uh, Gallows Art Project. Um, I'm, I'm assuming you didn't have anything to do with that, right? No, no. That's uh, they alleged that I uh, I might have made a speech in uh, in front of the gallows, and um, I am uh, refuting those claims. Uh, being as it is that they're trying to use that to implicate me in some things, so I refute the government's claims that I had anything to do with uh, said uh, said interview and footage. Well, that's understandable. Now I'm curious. Do you know how those those gallows art uh, display got there? Because there seems to be no video footage of anybody bringing it in, and as much electronic surveillance and cameras, et cetera, they have all around that area, you would think some video would have come out of how that got erected and, and set up. Um, do you have any insight onto how they actually showed up? So from what I've heard uh, from when I was out, um, there was actually it was it was brought in in pieces, and there was people there was uh, multiple people that partook in the uh, putting up of it, and they they brought it like um, pre like it was prefabbed, and they they drilled it together um, after they brought it at separate times from separate areas. So it seemed like a, a coordinated effort to be able to, to bring it there. And 
that's what uh, people said. They said that nobody saw it. It's really weird that you mentioned that. Nobody saw it go up, and nobody saw it come down. But they, but it was there. And um, from what a couple of like, uh, what, what do they call them? Sleuths, sleuths on, on online and stuff. The people who, you know, investigate this kind of stuff. They said that uh, they believe that it came in, in pieces, and that like from different angles, and they put it together. And then they took it apart after uh, the, the the big rally was done. But as to a time frame, who put it up, and when they took it down, and uh, and how they got there, I I have no clue whatsoever. It's it's almost as mysterious as the pipe bomber. Yeah, right. And we can't wait for the uh, feds to do their job to try to figure out who that is. Cough, cough, because they're never gonna. Um, well, we I, actually, I think I may, I think I may know where um, the the pipe bomber is actually located. The, they got an FBI headquarters down here in um, in uh, Washington D.C. And I believe you have one minute remaining. I believe he's somewhere within the confines of that building. Yeah, probably on the payroll. <laughs> so, you know, I just want you to know, uh, David, we're out here, you know, fighting and praying for you. And I know you guys hear that a lot, but. Yeah, from from somebody that's under the gun. Um, I mean, we truly mean it, and uh, we we've been out here screaming from the rooftops and uh, singing with you every night, and, and trying to bring awareness to what you guys are going through, so that those that actually have a set of patriotic balls can affect change and help make things right. Well, you know, it's more than appreciated, and and if you want, uh, I could call back if you if you'd like, if that's all right with you. So. Give us kind of a, an insight of some of the things that you saw uh, January 6th that really kind of stick out as out of the ordinary. I would say, you know, it's it's a it's kind of crazy because, you know, um, through talking to a, a lot of people, um, a common uh, commonality between the opinions of individuals is that. Um, during the, 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 the actual day, a lot of things went unnoticed. A lot of, there it was just, you know, it was uh, caught up in the moment, per se. Um, just a lot of, you know, seeing that much patriotism kind of, you know, overwhelmed people because of the presence of so many people there. You know, the media likes to say 20 to 30,000, and I don't know what day they were talking about, but they sure in the hell weren't talking about that day. I mean, if you look on Trump's True Social, he uh, he posts, you know, a, a few different pictures of the size of the crowd that day, and, and you see, the you know, how, just how immense the crowd actually is. And due to that, um, it's like you didn't notice things until you went back and watched footage. And then when you were able to watch footage, you know, you you see things that started to you know to to, to add up to to BS. And what I mean by by BS is like something that just didn't make sense, something that that was not something that that patriots would do. And like a lot of the guys who went in the building, they uh they said that there was they would show up somewhere and then suddenly there was a barrage of reporters with cameras, and it was almost like it was a photo shoot. 
It was almost like they were anticipating uh, people coming up there and being ready, you know. And then you had people with, like, earpieces, uh, the little little pieces that, like, Secret Service and, and stuff like that wear. And you saw that in the crowd, but you'd have to watch videos and see that. And then you notice certain hand gestures and hand signals. And a lot of guys who've been in the military before said that they're familiar with a lot of the, the, the hand gestures that people were making and, you know, the, the way that they would communicate uh, with other people in the crowd was, you know, said that they were, you know, part of something that wasn't the crowd. And then you come to find out through this, uh, this Proud Boys trial that there is 40-plus uh, known informants from multiple different agencies uh, that were, in, you know, embedded into the crowd. So if this is 40 people that they've now openly admitted to in court, uh, it just God only knows how many people were actually on the ground to, uh, you know, to cause mayhem, to cause issues uh, with, with the police, and to, you know, really, you know, rear the crowd up to, to making them do stuff that they normally wouldn't do. And, uh, you know, from the police you know, waving people in and telling them you're welcome inside uh, to them withholding the video footage. It was just a lot of things didn't make sense until afterwards. Nobody nobody knew, nobody anticipated what happened that day. People wore gear when you talk to people. People wore, like, gear, you know, tack, whatever you want to call it. Uh, they wore all that stuff because they anticipated violence from Antifa. Antifa said they were going to show up in mass. So people showed up with the appropriate gear to prevent themselves from getting killed or maimed or hurt by these people. And then when they didn't show up, and then, you know, people went to the Capitol, which, by the way, there was a permit uh, for a protest and speeches on the Capitol grounds. So they violated people's First Amendment rights when they set up these barricades. Uh, you know, to prevent people from being able to go to where the, the, the permit was for. And, um, you know, so the, these people didn't, you know, have any idea what they were getting themselves into because you had the bad actors who engaged with the police and then you had the police who engaged with the patriots and then people were reactionary. They reacted to what the police were doing. Nobody went there with the intention of fighting law enforcement. That's never you show me one rally, one patriotic uh, uh, MAGA rally where they engaged with the police in a violent manner or a disrespectful manner. You can't show me. It never happened. What they did is they reacted to the police beating the crap and the snot out of innocent people that day, and now people are paying the price for it. They're making up new charges. They're uh, giving the 1512 charge for, uh, you know, the, 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 the congressional hearing thing. You know, it's just doesn't have anything to do with what that day was, but they're just applying it because it has a heavy sentence, and they're trying to get people caught up in a web of their lives. And then they, you know, what they do is, is they, they tie up all the loose ends. They get rid of people. And they make it so uh, if you try to go against their narrative, they shut you down. They silence you on social media. They can't do that with the podcast, which is pretty awesome, which is why shows like yours are a godsend because it allows an unfiltered voice 
you know, and firsthand experiences of people there that day uh, to be able to express themselves and talk about it and be able to really shed some light on what's going on. So I would say uh, from the earpieces to the fact that there was no guns, there was no, uh, you know, murder of the police officers, that never happened, no police officers died that day, um, to the gallows being set up without anybody knowing, this pipe bomber, these cameras that just suddenly don't work. Like you said, there's a multitude of cameras everywhere, but they don't have any of these things on video. So these things don't add up. And I would say that that's probably the most suspicious things about that day is uh, the lack of footage and the fact that there's a multitude of people that they said engaged in certain behaviors uh, but aren't on the wanted list. Ray Epps, people like that, John Sullivan, uh, who's a known Antifa BLM member. And um, when you have things like that, I would say that those are the things that don't have, uh, add up for me. Oh, absolutely. And, um, you know, there's been several accounts of even foreign influence, uh, non-state actors, NGOs, um, they're on the grounds infiltrated within the crowd as well. And now you had mentioned the uh, 1512C2 charge that's an obstruction of official proceeding. We all know Judge Nichols um, argued against it, and it ended up going to the appellate court. They just came out today saying that uh, the appellate court held up the government's end of saying that the 1512C2 charge is going to stick. But there's dissenting opinions, three different opinions from three different judges uh, in the appellate court. And so they're going to be pushing that up to the up to the Supreme Court now. So, yeah, yeah, it's a little bit of a loss at face value. But, you know, this isn't over. It's going to go up to a higher court. And, you know, my personal opinion on that charge is that it's BS. It was set up for Enron because of their destruction of uh, documents to prevent congressional investigation a lot of the patriots that have been charged with it or didn't even show up to the capitol until long after the uh, congress had evacuated and plus i don't think they even had enough quorum they didn't have enough people on the floor to actually hold that as an official proceeding uh, because nancy pelosi wouldn't allow enough people to participate to have quorum so there's going to be several aspects of that argument that still lend a little bit of hope and credence to it getting thrown out, which could affect almost 250 different J6 uh, cases, uh, mine included. So definitely keep my fingers crossed and praying and, you know, hope, hoping that uh, true justice will prevail, at least in that aspect, because that would be a good, big first step. Yeah, it's, it was a ceremonial proceeding. They've admitted that before, too. It's it's really ceremonial because they they don't technically – make that decision on January 6th. The, the votes aren't officiated on that date. It's a it's a different date than that. And so it's more so, like like I said, a ceremonial. So for them to say that they, some, they were stopping something that they've already put into play is, is you know, it's disingenuous on its face and uh, it's hypocritical at, at best. So it's, you know, it's unfortunate. But like you said, God willing, uh, the Supreme Court does something better than just uh, knocking down Roe versus Wade, and you know they rule in our favor. Yeah, for sure. If uh, you could give a message to America, um, what would it be, sir? I would say, don't lose hope. Um, keep fighting. Don't give up. This country's worth fighting for. 
She's given us everything we could have ever asked for and more. We owe it to her. We owe it to fix her, to right the wrongs, to fix the broken, to heal the wounded. We need to stand up for what's right. We need to return to normalcy, not this new normal. We need to return to normalcy. We need to return to the greatness that our constitutional republic, because this is not a democracy, by the way. It's a constitutional republic, and we need to return it to its greatness. We need to return it exactly to what the Founding Fathers created for us, not just for ourselves, but for our future generations, because what the legacy that we leave behind is going to be what they learn from and what they go ahead on. So that's what we need to do. We need to return this country back to its greatness, which is where the motto comes from that Donald Trump has, make America great again. That's what we need to do. We need to make America great again. And then when we fix it, his second motto, which is we need to keep America great. So that is the intention. That's what we need to do. Fight for Trump. Don't give up on Trump. Trump is the only thing. Trump is the only person that can help us out of this situation because there's nobody. DeSantis is not it. Nikki Haley sure in the hell isn't it. Uh, and anybody else who's up there is not the answer. What we need is Donald Trump. We need him back. And we need to fight for him. He deserves it. This man sacrificed everything on behalf of this country. So it's the least that we could do for him. But just remember, our, our future generations depend on us. And like that famous saying, all that is necessary for evil to triumph is for good men to do nothing at all. Don't do nothing. Do something. That's Help it. triumph over evil. Yeah, we need to put God back in our country and Trump back in the White House for sure. Exactly. We can't be a godless nation anymore. Amen. Is uh, how, how is it that my listeners can help you, David? Uh, uh like like, what do you mean? Like how? <laughs> I mean, in any way. I mean, you have a do you have a give send go? Are you getting any assistance that you would need? Or, I mean, obviously they we we pray for you. That's a given. Um, so anything um, outside of that? I mean, what what can we do for you? I, I, I do have a Gibson Go. If, if you should feel uh, the want or the desire to donate uh, to my Gibson Go, it's uh, GibsonGo.com slash GKD996. Um, uh, of course, I'm more than appreciative of anything you send there. Uh, if uh, you cannot financially do something, uh, send in letters or, you know, uh, a simple, you know, message on uh, on the Give Send Go board, or uh, you know, sending books, anything like that. Uh, you know that 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 stuff is all appreciated. Uh, the financial obligation. I mean, there's no, don't feel any obligation for you know a financial donation. Uh, just anything, prayers, letters, books, uh, a simple acknowledgement, uh, and and. You have one minute remaining. And standing up for America's values is good enough for me. Amen. Well said, sir. And uh, we have a, a very generous people out here in America. Um, we actually have your gifts and go up on our website, uh, sanctforfreedom.us, so folks can go there and find it as well. And, uh, you know, we're out here pulling for you, bud. You might be isolated, but you're not alone. You have an entire nation that stands with you. Hey, and that goes for you too, man. And, and best of luck. 
and good luck in court, man. I, you shouldn't be going through this crap, and neither should any of us, man. So the best of luck to you as well. Thanks. It's going to get spicy in there because I'm a stubborn ass. <laughs> That's what I like to hear, man. Hell yeah. Go kick ass, bro. <laughs> That's it, brother. Hey, keep your chin up, man. We'll be out here pulling for you. Okay, will do, brother. You take care and be safe, man. God bless. God bless you as well, David. Thank you. Okay, take care. Bye. I would like to take a moment to say there are several ways that you can help support this podcast and support our mission with the Sing for Freedom campaign and in this fight for justice with the DOJ, the FBI, Uncle Sam, the Brandon administration to bring fairness and justice to the J6 family. First, you can go to my website of sing4freedom.us and there are a ton of tools in there. There's the affiliates page to show the several different groups that you can get involved with, help with, that are out there making a difference in this fight. The affiliates page are vetted groups that are not out there to be a scam. They're not out there to make a profit. They are pouring their heart and soul out in defense of our January Sixers. Then also on the website, you can check out where all of the Give, Send, Go fundraisers are. And if you donate to that, it goes directly to the families of the January 6th defendants, the inmates and those that are being persecuted by this administration because of their presence at the Capitol, myself included. On top of that, you can leave a voice message for this podcast, giving a message of love, hope, and encouragement to the families, to the inmates. Sing the national anthem for the Sing for Freedom campaign to stand in solidarity with them. You can either post a video online with that hashtag of Sing the number four freedom or the voice message option. You can send it to us as audio and we very well might premiere it on the podcast, but we'll definitely share it and spread it and show the families that they have an entire army of patriots standing behind them in this fight. Also, you can check out our sponsor, which is MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com. Make Honey Great Again is a sweet, one-pound, raw, pure honey. No fillers, no corn syrup, no communist bees, guaranteed. But MakeHoneyGreatAgain.com, everything is American-made, including the bottle in which the honey comes just like Donald Trump. So if you want to upset some of your lefty liberal friends, bake them a pie and when they tell you, oh this tastes so great, show them the Donald Trump bottle of honey and say this is where it came from. Watch their heads melt. But when you do go to makehoneygreatagain.com you can support us by using the promo code of freedom because freedom has never tasted so sweet. This will help keep the Sing for Freedom dream alive and keep going what we are doing here with the websites, the podcast. It's not just a t-shirt or some sort of merchandise, which we also do have and offer at P2P Printing. That's the the letter P, the number two, the letter P, printing.com, where you can get all the Sing for Freedom merchandise that your heart could desire. Everybody loves it. So go grab you some. So we certainly appreciate you listening and participating in this shout for freedom 
this call to justice and this quite obnoxious protest of the administration that we will not comply, we will not consent, because we, the people, are the ones in control, and we want our country back. So and now enjoy the rest of the interview with Jeremy as we take the third phone call. There's a lot of things that a patriot can do for their country. Many join the military because they have the urge to serve others and to protect things that they understand to be much larger than themselves. Some choose different avenues and venues to do their service to this nation or to show patriotic love, liberty and freedom is on the tip of their lips any time that they speak, or at least within their hearts and their minds, probably daily. Patriots don't shy away from showing their love of nation. Personally, I drive my family crazy because I'm walking down the street and I see that a flag on some stranger's flagpole is tangled up or falling off or hung incorrectly, I will stop no matter how busy I am, how much of a hurry I may be in, and I will stop, I'll pull over and I will go fix it. There's been a few times that I've noticed a flag just in absolute tatters on a flagpole or in someone's home. <clears throat> and I will, on my own, go and take it down and replace it with a brand new one and then try to get a hold of the person that owns it and then ask if they would like to keep it or if they would be willing for, to give it to me since I replaced it with the new one to give it a proper disposal and the reason I say I drive my parents or my family crazy with it is because there's been numerous occasions where we were running late in a hurry, 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 gotta go. But I'm like, oh, the flag's hanging backwards and I'll go stop and go fix it. Um, I, I have no explanation to it other than I love my country. I appreciate the red, white, and blue. And I understand the customs and courtesies of our flag and want to make sure that it is represented properly. But I get that people sometimes can't afford a new flag or they just didn't notice that their flag is backwards, didn't know the difference, it didn't understand that it was tangled up in their flagpole or that it was uh, in bad shape because life happens and they just didn't see it. I've actually run across a few people that just didn't care. But in that same sense, that is an opportunity for me, us, you, a patriot, to show them some patriotic love, something they've never possibly experienced before, to show that you care about the flag, may give them a new perspective. And we can say that about a lot of things, not just our banner, but about our country. People are too busy being distracted by the bread and circus. We have to work to provide for our families. 
there's things that happen in life that take our attention, and we might not be paying attention to what is actually around us. Politics tends to completely smother people in their lives, but then again, more people may not be focused on it at all, and that's okay. Our only concern in that matter is it's also those people that go to the ballot box. So having casual conversations with your friends, your family, your neighbors, those around you, that may not have the time to look into certain topics or specifics, it's important. You may be the only source of information they have regarding an important matter regarding our country: fair justice, prison reform. The fact that the Brandon administration is holding American citizens as political hostages for the last two years, without trial—I mean, that's a biggie. That's the reason I've dedicated this entire podcast to sharing those stories and bringing that information to you, is so that you can go and talk to somebody and be informed, to know the facts. If I bring out anything that's incorrect, I'll make sure to correct it. But we are neck deep in this tragedy. I'm facing 30 years in prison, so I need to make sure what I say is correct. My life depends on the facts of this case, on the facts of the day. I have scoured through thousands of hours of video footage of January 6th, and I'm telling you now, the mainstream media is lying to us. And it's out there. I don't have special access to anything. Twitter is a place where a lot of information is being put out, and largely ignored, because people don't have time. So I would advise that take the information that you can and share it with someone. You don't have to go all crazy with them. They'll believe you if you can just show them what you're talking about. Because as outlandish as this may seem. It's happening. This is a true event that is happening in America right now, and that is actually a common rebuttal that I hear: "Is well, this is America. That can't happen. That can't happen here. We have rights." But unfortunately, it's happening, and they don't care about our rights. They trample on them because the majority of society, by design. Does not have time to pay attention to the facts. If you're listening to this, that means that you have something that many might not, and that is the information that they need to see what is happening in our country. Today, I'm going to speak with a man that has dedicated the last couple years of his life to doing just that. Bringing awareness to what's going on with the inmates, the defendants, the families, those that are being politically persecuted by this administration, and he has dedicated his time to getting their voice out there in print. The previous episode of Paula Calloway and Marie Goodwin, where they started the Patriot Mail Project. 
Uh, Paula started it when it came to January 6th. Marie Goodwin has been an integral part. If you haven't heard that episode, I recommend you go back and listen to it because it's a good one. But they made it possible for America to write letters to those that are incarcerated as well as those that are out on house arrest or bond like myself. I receive letters from the people that participate in the Patriot Mail Project and it is truly a godsend. I can only imagine how important it is to those that are behind bars and isolated. But he took those letters and Marie Goodwin was involved in this program as well, but they put them and compiled them into a book, The American Gulag Chronicles, which I know you've all heard me promote numerous times. It is a work of art, and it is a piece of history in the making. People will be able to look back and see, in the words of the prisoners themselves, what they have to say about their current situation. And it is extremely moving. The patriotic love, the patriotic fervor, the American resolve and American exceptionalism that is expressed in the words on those pages is just truly inspirational. So enjoy Tim Rivers, also known as Furious Tim. Hey folks, you know how we do this here. I am speaking with a man that is a pillar in our community, a true fighter for the cause of justice and prison reform and facing Uncle Sam in this fight against our uh, January 6th inmates, defendants and their families. Mr. Tim Rivers goes by the name of Furious Tim because he is a pissed off patriot with a purpose. Thanks for coming on the show, Tim. Kyle, thanks for the invite, Pi. It's always a pleasure. That's it. The honor's all ours, sir. We certainly appreciate everything you've been doing. I've known you for quite some time, and I just admire the work and the fight that you put in uh, for our, our inmates and the defendants. You know, their their families are deeply appreciative of all the, the programs and, and information that you put out as well. But uh, for those that don't know Furious Tim, uh, kind of give us some background about who you are and how you got involved into what you're doing now. Absolutely. Well, I'm I'm a I'm a Florida native. I'm one of those rare animals like alligators. Um, I've lived in Florida all my life. I'm a retiree. I used to be an IBM uh, first an engineer, and then I left IBM as an executive for Southeastern U.S. and was playing an awful lot of golf and going fishing and doing all the fun things. And then along came 2020, and um, my wife and I uh, were were pretty much convinced that uh, something was smelling to high heaven. And we joined a group called Defend Florida here. In fact, actually there's a Defend for every state. Uh, and what these groups do is we go around and knock on doors and, um, and use the voter rolls to try and get some credibility as to whether people who voted or who did not vote are either on the rolls or are not who they say they are. And we found about half the people that we were investigating had something wrong. They they didn't live there anymore. It was their daughter who lived in another county, but she voted here. They moved away, but they still got ballots and turned them in. Uh, that just kind of, that, that sealed it for us that the election was completely wrong. And then we begin to look at, well, if the election's wrong, then January 6th certainly has to be wrong. Um, 
And I got involved with a group of people at the Patriot Mail Project. I don't know if anybody's heard of that. It's an incredible group of people. They started with the Bundys um, back when uh, when they went head to head with the Bureau of Land Management and ended up in prison. And this group of people basically uh, linked up Americans and patriots across the country with these guys in prison and created a what we call like a rat line where we write to them and they write back and we just kept the lines of communication and and kept them buoyed up and helped them through that. And when when that all ended, it kind of went into hibernation. And after January 6th, it got revitalized by somebody, many of you may have heard of this guy, Pete Santelli. Pete was one of the original Bundy defendants. And um, he came to one of our folks, Paula Calloway, and said, you know, you need to reactivate this. We, we got we to gotta stay in touch with our J6ers. And um, when I met those folks, I said, well, I'm going to write somebody, doggone it. And I went in there, I pulled a couple of names out of a hat, and I wrote to these people. And I got a letter back from a 22-year Green Beret veteran who'd also worked almost 10 years for State Department and CIA and Force Protection. An American hero, three Bronze Stars, never been arrested, father of two, exemplary record, was actually a Special Forces instructor. I don't know if anybody knows what kind of cadre that is. There's probably less than maybe five or 10,000 people on the planet that are Special Forces instructors. So this was a very special person. Um, and his letter, uh, first it ripped my heart open, um, then it set me on fire, and then it turned me from a mild-mannered retiree into Furious 10. And I have been fighting for these people ever since. Um, and, and that's how I came to this fight. And I'm not a J6er, none of my families are J6ers. We are simply uh, American patriots who believe in the conservative values that this country is founded on and that I raised my children with. And I'll be damned if I'll go to my grave um, and let this thing die. And so that's why I'm here. And that's why I get up every morning and fight for these people and their families. And I, I want to give them the voice that has been silenced by this government. And, and that's what we do at J6 Patriot News and American Gulag Chronicles. Well, you've definitely been uh, putting it to them, that's for sure. And um, yeah, my audience is very familiar with the Patriot Mail Project. Um, PatriotMailProject.com. We have actually interviewed Paula Calloway and Marie Goodwin as well on the show, uh, you know, telling their origin story from the uh, the Bundy incident all the way up until what's going on now. And, you know, they're absolute darlings. Paula is an angel in our movement and the, the mission that they put forth of helping to facilitate the uh, way that Americans can write back and forth with the uh, J6 defendants um, is truly amazing. And as you probably know, I've received letters um, on behalf of Patriot Mail Project as well from Americans all over the country, uh, you know, showing their support, giving prayers of encouragement, etc. And it's truly priceless, especially for those that are behind bars and in lockup. You know, we, we went we went from that as, as when I started getting these letters back, man, I, I'm sitting in my office here and I got a file drawer behind me. It's just full to the brim. One of those big dropout folders is just crammed with letters that I got back from these guys. Um, and every time I read a letter, um, I, I first my heart would burst. Then it would just soar because of the things that I was hearing about these guys their faith, their solidarity, their their fealty to this country, despite its wiping its feet on them. And that kind of brought Marie and I together. You mentioned Marie Goodwin. Uh, there's there's a patriot for you. Mother of a January 6er, uh, Daniel Goodwin, who was a videographer there that day. 
Um, Marie and I hit it off instantly. And we were working for somebody you probably know pretty well as is Quan Huang uh, with the Prisoner's Record, which is a spinoff from Professor Clements from the Professor's Record. Um, and Marie and I started doing writing articles about J6ers and about J6 defendants for um, for the Prisoner's Record. And um, we really got so pulled into this. And and then that's how I kind of met you, Pi, is, is, you know, all of the conversations about all the different January Sixers and the people who weren't just sitting there and waiting for the axe to fall, but were getting outside of their doors and actively working against tyranny. Um, and so we, but before we were knew what happened, um, we had decided it was time for us to create our own channel and take the news of all the January Sixers, both incarcerated and unincarcerated to the American public. And that's how J6 Patriot News got started on Telegram. Um, and today it's on seven different platforms and we've now launched a webpage at j6patriotnews.com. We keep all the latest news on January Sixers. Um, we do calls to action. We do live interviews. And Pi, you've been on there as well. I, we just featured you recently in a, in a salute to Warriors for Truth. Um, that's how we keep those guys in contact with the American public because they've been silenced by this government and by these prisons. And so we speak for them and they speak through us. But when those letters, um, we started posting a few of our letters, you know, and people started sending us their letters that they had been writing to prisoners and getting their letters back. And they've been saving them just like me as these precious keepsakes of truth. Um, because in these letters, these guys tell you exactly why they went that day. They tell you exactly what happened that day. They tell you exactly what's happening to them right now. Uh, and for the last two years in this, this blender of tyranny that they've been thrown into. And, and that was so potent that we had to create another channel called American Gulag Chronicles, where we started posting all of these letters that were coming from J6ers and even some of the ones from their families that were writing to them and their supporters and, uh, and that's how American Gulag Chronicles got started. And, and I think that's really been effective in letting people have a firsthand glimpse inside the gulags, inside the horror show that this administration is inflicting on patriots. Um, and I think it's it's helped people understand it better. And yeah, for yeah, we're stuck in our own echo chamber sometimes, but that's why we're on six different platforms. We're on Truth. We're on Getter, we're on Gab, we're on Rumble, YouTube. Now we have our own webpage. We are not stopping until all of America hears these messages in a bottle that these men have sent out into the sea of patriots. Um, and, and that's that's kind of what we do right now. That's, that's a full-time almost job for me. Um, besides, I do remember to eat and sleep a little bit. But most of the time, we're all about this fight because it's not just about J6ers now, folks. It's about everybody. Um, it's about anyone who disagrees with the narrative. Uh, it's about concerned parents. It, it's about uh, dedicated uh, democratic concepts that we know that elections must be fair and that we must have integrity within our government. It's about all these things that are all in deep, deep threat. Um, and so by shining a light on J6, we don't show you the disease, but we damn sure show you the symptoms. Yeah, and it's uh, truly compelling. And um, the book that you put out, the American Gulag Chronicles, is absolutely heart moving. Um, 
just for my audience so they know uh, where they can find you you said you're on telegram getter twitter gab youtube truth social and rumble and you can find them at at j6 patriot news that's at the letter j the number six patriot news as well as the website of j6patriotnews.com and uh, I want to thank you for um, actually sending me a copy of the book, The American Gulag Chronicles, which, folks, if you haven't read it yet, if you haven't seen it, go out and get yourself a copy. You can find it right there on their website. And there's also a link on my website of saying the number four freedom that will take you right to it. That way you can get a copy. It is the perfect conversation starter, the perfect book to keep on your coffee table to spike the interest of your neighbors and your visitors. And um Full disclosure, I did not make it past the first eight pages before I started choking up. And uh, you were so kind to send me a limited uh, first edition copy. Um, I have book number 16 that you had signed and you put a personalized message just inside the cover, which was extremely generous and and very thoughtful. Um, You put to Joe, a.k.a. Pianon. No one sings like you, brother, with gratitude, furious Tim. And um, just the sheer act of kindness and, and the show of fidelity towards uh, the fight that we've been putting here for our J6ers and, um, you know, everything that, that you guys have done. It's just truly beautiful. And I recommend anybody that has a chance to go out and grab you a copy because this is going to be a piece of history. Can you give us a kind of a rundown of how the book came about and, uh, you know, all went, all what went into making it? Well, it, you know, it's really not my book. It's really the J6ers book. 99.9% of the contact, uh, content rather, is their words, their letters, their pictures, their art and poems. Oh my God, the poems that... The beautiful, the beauty that's come out of this horrendous place is going to shatter your heart because it did mine. And I'm a pretty strong guy. I mean, I, I want to think I am anyway. So um, I wrote this book just doing the introductions. But the hardest part of it was Marie and I, we were looking at, um, at okay, let's do it traditionally. Let's go find a publisher. Well, I can probably give you a real quick hint of what most publishers told us when we came with this story idea. Um, even even publishers that, that you would think would have jumped on, Oliver North Publishing Company turned us down. Um, and so in the end, we decided, you know, like the little red hen, if nobody's going to help, we're going to do it ourselves. And we did. Um, Marie has a background in, in uh, curriculum publishing. And she knew some incredible people all around the world, not just in America. Our typesetter came out of Mumbai, India. We had proofsetters working out of Germany and the uh, the Federal Republic. We had people who heard about this idea and, and just were inflamed with the desire to be a part of it, including our new publisher. So at first we had no publisher, we self-printed it. We had poor David Sumrall, who is my hero, and his family packing books right up to Christmas Eve to get them out the door because we didn't have anybody to do the shipping. Hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of books. Um, and one, I want everybody to understand that all the people who have been involved, the, the typesetter, the proofer, Marie and I, our board of directors who I've signed the book over to uh, so that they could do good work with it. They're all volunteers. No one takes a penny for this work because it is our life's work. It is, I feel so incredibly privileged at this late time in my life 
to be offered an opportunity to fight for good. Um, I, I just, I feel honored that, that this opportunity has come to me. And I think everybody else should feel that way too. And, and when I wrote that book, I continually ask you in the introductions, what are you going to do now, America? You've heard their words, you've heard their pleas, you see the injustice. What will you do now? And I still ask that. What will you do, America? Where, how far will you go? Will you give up your possessions, your treasure, your life's conveniences, your sacred honor for this republic? Or will you sit and watch it burn? That's the questions I ask. And that was my sole contribution to the book, other than reading hundreds and hundreds of letters and putting, putting the most potent ones into a chronology that gave you a year, a year's window into the life of these men and women. Ah, oh, see, here I go again. I, I just got to tell you that um, if you get this book, get a hanky, because like Pi says, it's going to tear your heart out. Because if you're a patriot, if you're an American, if you believe in our country and our republic, this travesty of justice, I hope it turns you into furious Bob and furious Ellen and furious Nancy. I hope you're all furious and that you get off your butts and step out your door and do something for this republic before it's gone. And, and that's the message in the book. It's not really my message. I just kind of put italics and annotations at the beginning of the chapters, but it's their message. It's their messages in a bottle to America from behind the iron bars of the D.C. and the Virginia and the Texas and the Florida gulags. Every place these people are held without justice, without lawful attention to our constitutional and civil protections, this is where tyranny lives in your yard. And it's time for us to step outside and do something about it. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. And the uh, book completely encapsulates that idea of love of nation, patriotic fervor, and the longing for liberty. Um, I actually was taken aback by uh, a Latin phrase that you ended the uh, first introduction of the book uh, right there on, on the first page. It says, Deo presso liber which is Latin for free the oppressed. And that has been your mantra um, in every step of your fight. It's to help free those that are oppressed by a tyrannical government and the injustices that they're suffering on behalf of the Department of Justice or Department of Injustice, as we put it, um, because of their political affiliation. And uh, it truly has done a lot of great work. I know we covered this already speaking to Paula Calloway and uh, Marie Goodwin, but you know, they had said that 100% of the profits uh, will go to the J6 uh, families and their, in their legal fight. Um, do you have any insight on uh, what the perp what the book is going to be purposed for? It is, and that's exactly what we're doing with the proceeds are coming in. Obviously, we've got book sales and, and um, we're about to release our first quarter financials. We've pledged to be 100% transparent to our donors and to the American public. So um, on our on our corporate website, which is americangulagchronicles.org, uh, probably within the next four to five days, our first quarter report will come out. We will tell you how much money we took in, how much money we gave out. We have been doing legal assistance. We have been funding family visitations to D.C. and to Alexandria and to other prisons. We have been helping the Eagle's Nest with their finances in D.C. 
um, and basically providing emergency assistance for J6ers who find themselves having to go to DC and not, they have no place to live. They have no way to get there. They have no way to basically support themselves while they're being held at trial. And that's the purpose of all these funds that these people have. So not only buying the book, but donating, there's a donate button on our website. And I am absolutely surprised and pleasantly um, encouraged to see how many people simply donate um, to try and help these feet. Right now we're, we're, um, we're working on two or three different folks. We just helped Joe Biggs with some of his attorney's fees. We're helping Robert Palmer with a, uh, uh, basically a, an appeal to try and reverse his horrible sentence that was so out of line with, uh, with his charges. That's what the money is going to go for. Um, and it's not decided by any one individual. It's just that when I, when I wrote this book and we talked about what the, what its purpose was, I only thought about the message. My, my point was these men have written to me and given me their messages and asked me, please, God, get them out. Um, and so that was my purpose. But at the same time, we realized that the book could make money for this cause. Um, and that in order to, in order to do that appropriately, we could not take a penny for our work. It had to be a work of heart. Um, and, and I put together a board of directors that I'm still shocked that the universe brought them to my door and whether you want to call it the universe or God or Providence, he truly brought me warriors, people like you, Pike. He brought me David Sumrall. He brought me Mark Sutherland, a filmmaker from the UK, who's our vice president. He brought me Irene Reichenbach, who is our treasurer and just an absence. She's part of the, the, uh, she was part of the Trump campaigns during the 2020. She's got so much knowledge and so much, and she's just taken on the task of helping us handle the money and make sure it gets to the right hands. We've got Marie Goodwin, Paula Calloway, and, and a whole host of other non-voting supportive members. Um, and they all give their time 100% free volunteering. Nobody takes a penny from this work. And that way, all of the money, besides the printing and the marketing that we have to pay for, all of that money goes into the fund for J6ers and their families. And it's desperately needed. Folks, you may not realize this. In, in the time since we started raising money around March to April timeframe in 2021, and I'm not talking about just me or our group, but I'm talking about the community at large, the J6 support community has raised millions of dollars. And it's a drop in the bucket compared to the need for the attorney's fees, for the support, for all the financial hardships that this government has visited. We talked to two different attorneys who had worked for the DAs and they were very clear. The purpose of this is to bankrupt and destroy the defendants. Let me get that, sink it in. Bankrupt and destroy the defendants. Well, their families go with them, folks. Their children, their parents, their brothers and sisters, all of these people become collateral damage for this type of an attack on individual citizens because of their beliefs, their beliefs in America, their beliefs in um, injustice, their beliefs in a requirement for freedom um, and their hatred of tyranny. And they're being held in the horrible conditions that you've all heard of. And if you've not heard of them, go to our website, listen to their interviews from jail. Let them tell you themselves, listen to their voices um, instead of listening to pundits and listening to talking heads listen to them and let them tell you in their own words. So, um, you know, that's, that's where all the money for this book goes is 
to those individuals, to their requirements for legal assistance, to keep their families afloat, um, and to allow them to now finally visit with these J6ers and some folks for the first time in 18, 19 months. Uh, Andrea Young just took her children in January to see Kyle. Kyle had a 15-month-old baby when he went in jail, and he had not seen that child in all that time until they showed up to visit in January. And the, the little boy says, are you my daddy? Well, if that doesn't break your heart, folks, I don't know what the hell will. To hold somebody pre-trial like that, keep them from their family, from their children. Um, I'm sorry, I, I have no words. It, it, I, I, I simply become furious once again. So, but you can, uh, you can help these guys. You can write them. Please go to patriotmailproject.com. Just choose one at random and write them. They might be in jail. They might be like pie waiting for court. No matter who they are, they're going to appreciate your communication and your support. You can help feed them. Go to the prisoner's record on on, uh, Telegram and join one of those groups where we basically assign food packages and commissaries and tablet money for all of these guys. Every single month, we try and care for all 135 incarcerated J6ers. Let that sink in. 135 incarcerated J6ers. And over a thousand that they have arrested that are either pushed into plea deals or sitting at home um, on bond, home arrest, electronic tethering, and then the small handful that have actually finished their sentence and are able to restart their lives, which um, we actually have the Elijah Fund has money set aside to help those that have been released get back on their feet for the first 90 days, as well as provide any um, potential drug and alcohol counseling and uh, vocational counseling that may be needed uh, to help get them back into society. And you guys, what you're doing is just truly amazing. And it's, it's a very selfless and divinely inspired uh, mission of what you do for those that are being persecuted. And, you know, I, I could thank you a thousand times and it wouldn't be a drop in the bucket to what you guys deserve. Uh, simply because of the, the truly noble mission that you all have put forward for those that have spoken up for freedom in this country and have been labeled uh, the worst of the worst. Well, I'm going to exact a price, Pi. When this is over, each of you guys owes me a drink. <laughs> uh, you know what? I'll, I'll pay that threefold. So. <laughs> I love you guys, so, all of you. I love what you do. I love your sing. My wife and I sing with you. Um, I, I want all of America to sing and to sing for freedom and to let your voices be heard, not just in your song, but in your day-to-day lives. Step outside of your door and save this republic. Pi, I'm so proud of you, brother. No matter what happens coming forward, I got your back. Well, it's deeply appreciated, sir. And uh, yeah, Sing for Freedom has definitely grown and has uh, helped to unite a lot of folks in this fight. It's helped bring a lot of awareness to uh, America as to what is going on with these injustices and helping to highlight some of the travesties that our inmates, defendants, and families have to suffer through. But I'll be real honest, um, my favorite part about Sing for Freedom, and I think the most important part is that it gives hope to the families and to the inmates uh, that are locked up inside and also the defendants that are awaiting court out here to know that there's an entire nation of proud patriots like yourself standing with them and that they're not isolated, they're not alone, they're not 
standing in some dark corner, hopeless and helpless, that they have a large section of our country standing with them arm in arm. And that is, uh, that's truly beautiful. You know, I've, I've had the pleasure of interviewing um, several of the guys inside of the DC jail, as well as um, uh, Jeremy Brown down in Florida, uh, another guy by the name of Matthew Webler, a dear friend of mine that is in prison in South Carolina for this, as well as uh, several other uh, federal prisons across the country, um, Northern Neck, Alexandria, uh, you name it. And whenever uh, we interviewed John Mellis inside the DC Gulag, um, he, he explained to me what Sing for Freedom meant to him. And it, it truly hit my heart and uh, left me speechless. And I, I know you know Mel Holly. She does the Justice in Jeopardy podcast. Uh, she actually interviewed John Mellis uh, right before I did. And she asked him, what are you, uh, you know, she knows that what they're going through is extremely tough. And she asked him, what do you guys hold on to? What do you look to for hope to be able to get through what you're getting through? And he cited Sing for Freedom and said that it helped all of the guys in the prison get through the darkest time of their incarceration, which was the first year of solitary confinement and that it had completely changed the environment inside the jail and gave them that will to push and to fight, to know that America was singing with them. And, you know, yeah, I started the campaign out here on the internet, but it's really, it's for them. It was the guys that started it. Uh, Richard Barnett or Big O is what they call him, started singing the national anthem in the jail, um, just being loud and obnoxious and uh, the great patriot that he is. And the other guys kind of chimed in and uh, started singing with them. And it became a, a regular nightly thing. And um, Angel Harrelson was able to get a recording of it out of the jail over the phone call that she had with her husband. She then gave it to Dave Summerall, who posted it in his telegram room. And that's when I first heard it. And at the time I was um, after my arrest, I was out on bond and I had prayed to God. I said, listen, I really appreciate the fact that I have freedom when I have all these extra charges and, you know, these guys that are sitting in jail, uh, incarcerated, some of their charges were nothing compared to mine. So what can I do? What can I do to help them? Because I also knew how horrible the conditions they were dealing with were. And that's when I heard the recording and, and, uh, I said, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to sing with them. And I went out on my porch and just started singing the anthem every night. And then my neighbor, after a few days, come over and asked me, like, what are you doing? You know, and she thought maybe I was practicing for a, like a ball game or whatever. I explained it to her and it, you know, I could tell it really struck a chord with her. And uh, a few days later, as I was still out on my porch singing the anthem nightly, she came out with her kid and was singing it along with me. And that, that hit me like a ton of bricks. And then I realized you know, God spoke to my heart and he said, this is it. Get America involved so that those that are locked up and those that are suffering the persecution, maybe out on bond like you, can have that feeling to know that they're not alone, that somebody out there actually cares, knows that they're not the huge demon and villain that the media tries to make us out to be. And uh, so I devised a plan. I said, you know, I want to put together some videos of getting people to sing along with them and like create like a promo video and try to start something. And uh, I was on this little rinky dink podcast on Telegram called What Is Q Done For You? And they gave me like a seven, 10 minute slot to kind of tell my story and what was going on. And that's when I asked a bunch of influencers and everybody there like, hey, this is what I want to do. Help me push this. And, uh, you know, that's that's the very first time I mentioned 
the Sing for Freedom campaign publicly. And then Mel Hawley reached out to me right after that interview and told me she was, <clears throat> excuse me, told me that she was uh, doing a podcast, which I, I didn't know who she was. So I thought it was already an established podcast, been around for a while. And uh, she told me how much she liked hearing about the Sing for Freedom thing and whatever. She asked if she could interview me. So I was like, yeah, sure. So I went on her podcast. Well, come to find out, I was her very first episode of Sovereign Souls. And uh, <laughs> you know, I always laugh about that. I was like, wow, I thought you, you know, actually knew what you were doing. But she does. She does a great job. And, you know, me being her flagship episode is just something we kind of tease about. But um, I did think it was an established podcast at the time. And since then, she has just blown up all over the place and has been doing great things and in the fight for our J6ers from the beginning. But that's how, you know, the whole Sing for Freedom thing started. And then patriots all across the country started sending in videos. And, uh, you know, I have to admit the very first promo video I did was awful because I'm horrible at, at video editing. But you know, it was uh, for a good purpose and it picked up. And now every other group and organization has kind of embraced it. Uh, you mentioned the Eagle's Nest earlier. That's the vigil outside of the DC jail with Mickey Whithoff and uh, Nicole Reffitt and all them that are out there with the jail. They do a sing for freedom with the guys inside over the phone every single night. And they actually have a, a banner that sits up front of the vigil. It has hashtag sing for freedom along with hashtag freedom corner, which is the, the nickname of the vigil there. But the Eagle's Nest is where they all stay at. That's the, the Airbnb. And it's grown to the point where Donald Trump has even acknowledged it and uh, even created his own version of a Sing for Freedom with the Justice for All song with the January 6th Prison Choir, which is what they're calling themselves now. And even Ted Nugent has done it numerous times. And uh, Matt Gates's wife sang the anthem inside the Capitol Rotunda. And Believe it or not, Tim, I've even received videos as far away as Japan and London and, and all over the world. So this isn't just a national thing. We have patriots worldwide that are standing up you know, with us in this fight. And it's, it's truly moving. And the fact that it has given such strength and inspiration to those that, that suffer, um, I mean, it's beautiful. So I can't really even take credit. I, it's the guys in the prison. They started it. I just pushed it out into the public and said, hey, let's do this. So. Isn't that yeah, funny? Because neither of us can take credit for this, but 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 basically, we've been granted an opportunity to be part of something so much greater than us. And I want your audience to understand something. Yeah, you know, we're we're nobody special. I'm I'm a dumbass retiree who was running around with a golf club in my hand, digging in the yard. You know, Pi was a friend who was uh, active in in politics. But I mean, we're just ordinary people. And you know, I think we've accomplished something. You should ask yourself. What can you accomplish, even if you're just an ordinary person, or if maybe you're a dedicated patriot, maybe you have skills, maybe you have authority, maybe you have the way to engage other people. Get out your door, folks. You can do anything if you put your mind to it. And this republic needs you to put your mind to it. We are in desperate shape. Pi's small effort has turned into a national meme that has thousands and thousands of Americans showing their patriotism each night. Now you look on the back of my book and you see the pictures of all those guys in a kind of blurry photo with their hands over their heart. That is the J6 Prison Choir singing for you from the DC Gulag on the back of cover of American Gulag Chronicles Letters from Prison. And you can be just as powerful as Pi. You can be just as powerful as Mel, who by the way, I just love to death. And you're right, her new series, uh, Justice in Jeopardy, is eye-opening, and everybody should take a listen. You can find her on Rumble. 
but I think everybody's got this power. Do you feel it inside? Is it, are, are you waiting for somebody to put out a hand and pull you into the ring? I encourage you just bend down, get through the ropes and come on in yourself. There, everybody who loves this country has a job to do right now. And we really need to get down to it. Like Pi, like Mel, like David Sumrall, like Marie Goodman. These are ordinary people who have hearts of lions. I heard somebody tell me the other day that, that uh, this government had sent wolves in sheep's clothing among the masses. And my reply to you is that God has hidden lions among the lambs. What are you, Amen. a lion or a lamb? Be like Pi and be a lion. Man, I'm so grateful to you, Pi. Oh, I'm extremely grateful to you too, sir. And uh, you definitely hit it right on the nose. And I'm just a slack-jawed yokel from the hills of West Virginia. And, uh, you know, I tossed a small pebble in the pond and the, the ripples have grown and grown and grown and to the point where they've completely encompassed the, the rest of the world. And it doesn't take much other than that determination to say, I'm going to do something to help. And I found something that I'm passionate about. And, you know, I, I don't want to say I have a talent because it's it's extremely basic and raw, the stuff that I do. So, yeah, if you're, you hit it on the nose. It's uh, even the smallest things can grow to be something big. And you just got to put whatever it is that you can bring to the table out there. And uh, other patriots, other entities in this country will hold on to it and help you. And you can you can change the world. Just a simple simple act to say I want to do something you know Jeremy Brown says it best when he says don't do nothing and that's a, a a twist on the Edmund Burke quote of the only thing evil needs to succeed is for good men to do nothing so he says don't do nothing and uh, you know they all know they can go to my website there's a call to action page that says get involved uh, you can see all the different groups that are out there <clears throat> I have J6 Patriot News um, as well as American Gulag Chronicles and Patriot Mail Project and all the other uh, very dedicated groups that are out here on the front lines in this fight and finding ways that they can help with the January 6th uh, inmates, defendants, their families, the commissary funds, the legal funds, the travel funds, and, uh, you know, the calls to action of writing letters and phone calls and just the hundred different ways that they can do something. Um, so check out my website and give, click on Get Involved, or you can also go to j6patriotnews.com and see their calls to action page there and, and get involved in something if you don't know what to do. But if anything, just do something. Talk to a neighbor, write a letter, call your congressman. Don't just sit back and wait for a knight in shining armor because the only pronouns that are gonna save this country are we, the people. Amen. Yeah, I, I have a whiteboard that I like to put out in front of my property every now and then. Uh, my wife and I came up with our, so we identify as ultra MAGA and our pronouns are Americans and Patriots. And we hope you are too. Hoorah. That is amazing. So what is it that Americans can do to help you in your fight, uh, Furious Tim? First of all, support our J6ers. Whether you write a letter, whether you donate some money, uh, you can come to J6 Patriot News. Certainly, you can sing for freedom every night and encourage your neighbors to do so. That meme is growing. And people like, like Pi's neighbor will come out and go, what are you doing? And you get a chance to tell them. But not only that, there, is a, there are so many groups out here. Like Pi said, on his website, on our website, on the very front page, you'll find dozens of organizations that are in this fight for real. Um, and I encourage you, one of those groups needs you. 
one of those groups needs your special skill, your willpower, your support, and your prayers. So get involved. And that's how you can help. Help bring our J6ers home and help bring justice back to America. And uh, and that's what you can do. And, and I, I bet every single one of you has something special you can bring to this fight. And I encourage you to do so. Because, you know, we're not just doing it for J6ers, folks. We're doing it for us. This is our republic. I have children and grandchildren. Do you? Do you want to leave this mess for them? No, nah, I, I, I will not sleep easily in my grave if I leave this for my next generation. So let us all join together in this gigantic patriot family that's formed around J6 and formed around Donald Trump. And let's bring America home again. Well said, sir. Couldn't have been spoken by a better man. Um, if you could give a message to uh, a J6er that might be listening to this or uh, one of the inmates that their family members will share uh, this bit for them, uh, what would it be? Don the armor of God, my friends, we are here beside you. There is such a huge and growing community of patriots who want to see you free and who have your back. I encourage you, just hang on, we are coming. You're such a blessing, sir. Is there anything else that uh, you would like to share before we uh, before we wrap this up? Just my unending gratitude for your work and my prayers that, that your trial is fair and just. Well, you better tune in, sir, because it's going to get spicy in that courtroom. My mama told me I could be anything I wanted to be when I grew up, so I decided to be a stubborn asshole, and I'm not going to go down without a fight. <laughs> and it's because I have great patriots like yourself and great friends like yourself standing beside me to know that I am on the right side of history. I know what I did and did not do, and I'm not gonna plead guilty to something I did not do. Therefore, they're gonna have to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that I'm guilty of something, and it's gonna be an extremely hard uphill battle for them because they'll be hard pressed to find anything that I did outside of the ordinary of exercising my free speech. You know, they constantly show these still photos with an ugly look on my face as I'm yelling at the cops to stop being violent to unarmed Americans with my hands up to make it look like I'm being violent. But if you look close at the picture, I have my cell phone in my hand and I'm blocking a nightstick from hitting me in the face. So really the only thing I'm guilty of is getting beat and being ugly when I yell because the look on my face, yeah, it's pretty atrocious. But that's why I do an audio podcast because I got a face for radio. And if I start yelling, the uglier I become. And uh, I certainly appreciate your kind words and the prayers and the support that you guys have been giving to me from day one, as well as every other January 6th victim that has been persecuted, prosecuted, and discriminated against by this administration. But like I say at the end of every one of my shows, the Brandon administration ain't got nothing on we the people because we're Americans and it's gonna stay that way. And that's the mantra of this fight and that is the, the spirit that you guys have all put out into this atmosphere that we are all that we are all within. And I cannot thank you enough, sir. I'd like to close, if you don't mind, with, with one paragraph. It's, uh, it's, it's from the epilogue at the back of the book. This moment in American history will not, cannot be ignored or forgotten because it is to be the pivotal one in the life and death of our republic. It is a challenge to justice and equal treatment under the law, the likes of which we have never experienced. And it must be answered 
if we are ever to trust in our system of justice again. We stand before a fork in the road, and if we are to ensure future generations a home of liberty and freedoms, we must choose our leaders wisely. What is that choice worth to you, America? What will you sacrifice to secure the blessings of liberty for our future generations? God bless you, Pi. God bless you, Tim. Deo preso liber. There you've heard from three of the guys inside the DCCTF. Their spirits are high, but they're also beaten down, and you can hear it in their voice. We have been out here screaming from the rooftops for the last two years, hoping that America will wake up. And you hear me say it all the time, spread the information, educate the public, tell the truth of what's actually happening, because the propaganda machine that we stand up against is strong and widespread. The book is a good tool for that, because it shows directly from them. You hear directly from them in the letters that they have written out to fellow Americans that use the Patriot Mail Project, patriotmailproject.com, to write to them, give them letters of hope and encouragement, scriptures and prayer, which makes their day. And you hear us say to get involved a lot, because it's only going to be us, we, Americans, that can fix this. This ends when we say no. This ends when we demand accountability. This ends when we tell those that govern us that we are not satisfied and we will not consent. So, do your part, America. It's not hard. Write a letter, make a phone call. If you can donate, donate. But if not, your time can be priceless in this fight. Until next time, remember, the Brandon administration ain't got nothing on we the people. Because we're Americans, and it's going to stay that way. Oh, say can you see by the dawn? Hey. Guys!